0: Welcome to She's Running, the podcast all about women who are running for office. From school board to Senate and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson. Today's guest is Farooz Saad, who is running for Congress in Michigan's 11th district. Farooz said something during our interview that really struck me and it's been in my mind, well, since we talked really. She said that with her campaign, she's building the bicycle as I'm learning to ride it. And I gotta tell you, I feel like that every day about literally everything. I was talking to someone online last week about her imposter syndrome, and of course I could relate, but I think Fayrouze's phrase hits even closer to me than imposter syndrome, because I don't always feel like I'm faking it, but I do, almost 100% of the time, feel like I'm figuring it out as I go. It's like, I gotta be on, I gotta be good, and I gotta figure it out as I go. And I know, I know I'm not the only one. We weren't given a manual on how to change the status quo. We just grew up and decided that's what we wanted to do. And I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what role I'm going to play in it. We're all going to make mistakes, but we'll figure it out. We'll adjust and we'll just keep going. Okay, you have gotten some pretty good press for your campaign. I just read the article on you in refinery 29. And I love this quote that you've got, like they call out here, I want young girls to grow up in a world in which it doesn't even occur to them that they can't run for office one day. I love that sentiment. And I absolutely (laughs) agree and want that too. Do you feel like like it's changing a little bit. Like I've talked to a lot of women who have young kids who like take them campaigning and things like that and I really think it's you know influencing the way young girls and boys see politics.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately what's happening certainly this year and really what we've been building up towards is where we're redefining what leadership and uh, power looks like in this country, and who who has the ability to lead? And women are claiming our role in that. And I think already we're seeing the effect that that has had. When you look at um, the the movement that's kind of come out of some of these horrible uh, school mass shootings, you know, and you look at mm-hmm. the the young people. I mean, certainly. It's young men as well, but it's also young women who are taking the stage, who are, you know, having these powerful speeches, who are taking to social media and the Internet and really starting to take over the narrative in this country and show that we also are part of this conversation and that we're changing the face of leadership.
0: And I especially love that it's not just like one kind of woman who's running for office. you know you've got teachers and scientists and stay-at-home moms and just like the whole gamut of women who are saying, yeah, we're we're doing this. this is time."
1: Mm-hmm. absolutely. And it's because I know for me, one of the big things that really pushed me to want to run and run is that I looked at Congress and I didn't see myself represented as Mm -hmm. a woman, as a young person, as a woman of color, you know, as a woman who's part of a minority religion in this country, so on and so forth as a progressive. And I really felt that if I um, am going to have a voice for the issues that I care about and the things I care about and for the communities that I'm a part of and care about, then I need to go and be a seat at the table rather than waiting for someone to take on those issues for me. And I think ultimately that is what many women are seeing across the country, that they too kind of need to Be the ones leading those discussions. You know, like we need to stop letting them have conversations about us without us.
0: Agree. Totally agree. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I want to get you introduced here so people know who you are and are as excited for you running as I am. So, who are you and for what are you running?
1: Yeah, my name is Faye Ruse Saad, and I am running for U.S. Congress in Michigan's 11th congressional district.
0: And where in the state is that located?
1: It's southeast Michigan. And if uh, if we were doing this interview in person, I'd be holding up my hand, my mitten, right now, because that's what us Michiganders <laughs> do, and and pointing on my hand to where it is exactly. It is uh, yeah, so it's south southeast Michigan and essentially it's the Metro Detroit region. So uh, Detroit northwest and eastern suburbs, but not Detroit. And Mm -hmm. um, it's a bit gerrymandered. My favorite comparison is that it looks like Frankenstein's head. Um, (laughs) So, and uh, so that that's why it's not just Detroit or the suburbs west of detroit or the suburbs east of detroit it's both northwest northeast and northern suburbs
0: hmm okay that's very interesting mhm so why did you decide to run
1: there's so many reasons you know i um so i'm the daughter of immigrants and my parents kind have been in this country 40 plus years and i and they came here very simply in search of the american dream and when it came time for me to choose a career i chose a career in public service which is where my basically my entire career has been because i wanted to protect that american dream i wanted to protect what they had access to and ensure that others were able to have the same success that my parents here had here because I feel like I'm the product of that American dream. And so it's my duty to protect it. And so that's why I got into public service. And then frankly, you know, Donald Trump really was a catalyst for me in terms of running for office right now. I It's something I had always thought about, but he certainly sped up my timeline because it's mm-hmm. the first time in my entire life I felt that American dream was being threatened. And everything that brought my parents here was being threatened and everything that I've worked so hard for to protect and fight for my whole life was being threatened and nonetheless by our president and his administration. And it was, it it just got to this point where once again, if I'm not going to speak up on behalf of the things I care about and progressive values, then who is? So I have to do this and I have to do this right now.
0: And you got into politics, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but with the Kerry campaign,
1: I did. Mm-hmm.
0: And then from there, your resume reads like something that I wish I could transpose on my life. You've worked for uh, state represent Michigan state representatives. You've worked for Barack Obama's campaign and the Department of Homeland Security. I mean, just it's so interesting. But how did you get into being interested in working in politics?
1: Yeah, so I um, so I was a freshman in college on September 11, actually, and I say that I'm a product of a post 9/11 world because it really opened up my eyes to a number of things in this country. Um, one, mm-hmm. our our vulnerabilities as a country. Um, two, really, then what happens once again when we go through tragedies when, you know, the the country is uh, dealt something that it hasn't been faced with before and how we respond. And, you know, being on the, being a part of that and kind of seeing how the country reacted in some of the most wonderful ways in which people came together, came to protect one another, and then kind of some in our, not so wonderful ways in which communities were marginalized and singled out as being part of the problem, rather than making people part of the solution and bringing everyone in. And so, um, I it, it was a time in my life in which I realized that again, if I if if we're not at the table, were on the menu, and that's what I saw, at kind of as what came to be of after 9/11. And so, I really wanted to go be part of the solution, and that's why I got into politics and campaigns. And so, I was still in college and started volunteering on the Kerry campaign because I wanted to help take our country in a different direction by electing a new president
0: why did you choose to run for this office rather than something, you know, more statewide or or local?
1: Yeah, so I am the only candidate in the race right now who's had experience in state government, federal government and local office. Mm -hmm. You know, I as a staff person working in the State House of Representatives, I helped build, craft and ultimately pass legislation you know, really got to understand and know the, what I call the sausage, make, sausage making process. Um, you know, went to DC and figured out how to navigate the, the beltway, the DC bubble, how the different agencies work together, how that interacts with our legislative process, our executive branch, and then came home to Michigan working in the Detroit mayor's office and really then understanding how the rubber meets the road. How are people affected by these policies and these programs that we are, we are passing and putting together at the state and federal level? And so I just really feel that I have a unique perspective and understanding that not a lot of people in Congress have. And, and then, plus, I've worked in difficult situations, under difficult administrations, under difficult con- conditions and really learned how important it is to build relationships, consensus build, and problem solve. And I don't see a lot of those skill sets in Washington right now. And that is ultimately where I feel my skill sets um, would be best utilized. And, you know, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to make a difference. And so um, for me, it was never even a question if It was, if that's where I feel like I can make a difference, if I believe I'm qualified and ready to serve in that role, why would I go after anything else?
0: And you've got a primary that you've got to get through, right? Yep. When is that?
1: August seven.
0: How many other people are running?
1: I'm one of six in the race. uh, So it is a bit of a crowded primary over here, but it's you know, it's if the worst problem we have right now is that, you know, democracy is in full effect and people have multiple candidates to choose from. That's a good thing. And especially in the 11th district where we haven't seen competition like this before. So obviously, I believe I'm the best qualified, the most qualified and can crush the others uh, in, in <laughs> Election Day. But, you know, it's it's certainly um, forced me to really then be clear about my message and to make sure that I then just hustle harder than the rest.
0: How are and I've been asking a lot of candidates this, but how do you plan on like mobilizing people to get them to vote in a primary? Because it it's impossible to get people to vote in a midterm, but a primary is just like nobody shows up.
1: This is where my community organizing background really comes into play because Mm -hmm. this is something I have been passionate about and worked on my whole entire life. And it isn't easy. You're right. Um, But this is why the field is so important. And that's really where I've been focusing my campaign. That's where I intend on working the hardest and putting in as much resources as possible and ensuring that we are identifying who the voters are, where they are, and that we get to them and we talk to them and we make sure they get out and vote on election day. And it's a science really. And without, um, you know, kind of giving you my my secret sauce, uh, exactly, uh, yeah. <laughs> knowing that maybe my <laughs> opponents could be listening. Um, it, it For us, it really is a science and it is one figuring out who the voters are, where they are, figuring out how to get to them, but also who are some of those people that don't always come out and vote? How do we get to them? How do we message to them? And how do we mobilize them, organize them, and ensure, that, ensure turnout in a way that no one else is doing? Because for me, it's not just the primary, but they are the answer to the general as well. I want to, I would rather spend my time expanding the electorate, bringing in the people who we lost in 2016, or even from 2008, 2012, and making them part of this campaign to help flip this seat in 2018, then kind of spinning our wheels and figuring out how to flip Trump voters. I mean, I'm happy, I would love it if Trump voters wanted to vote for me and certainly make that part of the win- winning piece, but I would, uh, I'm spending a lot of my time trying to figure out how to get to those voters that we lost so that they feel engaged, they feel part of this campaign, part of the solution, and they help us flip the seat in the general.
0: What has surprised you the most about running for office?
1: There's so many things Um, as much as even someone like me who's done campaigns before and I came in eyes wide open. There's so many things you don't prepare for. But one of the things I will say is it's so incredible to see how people rally behind you because they met you they believe in your message you inspired them in a certain way by something that you did or something that you said or just by something that you believe in and somebody who you've kind of known for 10 years goes all in for you and is just one of your you know biggest supporters to even someone who didn't know you six months ago who then turns up and opens up their network to you, holds you a fundraiser and just goes all in for me and the campaign, it's it's truly been inspiring to me and really encouraging because it's a constant reminder of why I'm doing this and who I'm doing it for. And so that's that's been really cool to see and watch.
0: What kind of obstacles have you faced so far?
1: one of the biggest obstacles is definitely fundraising I will mm-hmm. say um, it, as a first-time candidate as someone who's kind of building the bicycle as I'm learning to ride it it's it's challenging for so many reasons really learning how to make that hard ask and get a lot past a lot of those fears of asking people for money for their investment has certainly been an obstacle for me. And I'm constantly trying to improve upon it and figure it out as I go. Um, that That's certainly been um, an, an obstacle. And I think the other thing is learning how to, how, let me see the best way to say this, but how to drown out the white noise, if you may. And it's like the Twitter trolls and the Facebook trolls and whoever else might be out there that, you know, have maybe hate in their heart or just a misunderstanding of who I am and where I come from and what I represent and have spent time to send that message to me, whether it's through Twitter, whether it's through Facebook or whatever it might be. Um, And at first, it was hard to come face to face with that, even though I knew that was probably coming. It's one thing to expect it and another thing to then just see it. Um, And so I've definitely spent a lot of time just really figuring out how to drown that out and have it be motivating rather than have it take energy out of me.
0: How do you do that? Because, you know, I can't imagine. I've gotten a handful of comments, you know, just stupid people talking about, you know, interviews or people I've had on the show. And it's like, it takes everything that I have just to be like, well, you clearly didn't listen. Like, you don't know what you're talking about and just not interact with that. But I can't imagine like, you know, putting yourself out there as a public figure and having to just let those idiots like run off your back.
1: It's certainly challenging. It's something that you, again, continue to learn to do and improve upon. But I'll say this one reason why I'm running is because I want to change the narrative in this country. Mm-hmm. And that's everything from how we talk about issues and progressive values like Medicare for all talking about health care as a right in this country rather than talking about how much is it going to cost. Right. And so the same goes for like me running is that I am trying to, like I said earlier, change the face of leadership in this country. And so part of it is putting myself out there and being vulnerable in that way and hoping that through my message and through my persistence and just being a leader and Leading in the most respectable way that I possibly can hoping that I can help break down some stereotypes that I can help inform the narrative in a positive way about Progressive values about the role of women in this country about Arab Americans and Muslim Americans so on and so forth and so um, If if I'm not doing it who will and and it's then hoping that we're, we're building a coalition of words, if you may, and more people who then feel empowered to talk about these issues in that way and feel empowered to go and run for office and be leaders in that way as well.
0: Well, it sounds like you're handling it with much more grace and strength than I ever would be able to.
1: (laughs) Thanks. You know, it it, 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 it takes that little voice inside of me to say, don't respond, don't respond, don't respond, you know, tune it out, tune it out, tune it out. I say I have, I have training for this as a marathon runner, you know, when you're running and it's like, it's all about the distance, right? You're not a marathon runner unless you cross the finish line. It doesn't count if you stop at mile 20. And so you you learn to persevere and it and it eventually becomes mind over body and so i say like i put on my headphones i turn up the music and i like focus on the finish line and i tune out the background noise and so <laughs> i kind of take up take that same analogy to the campaign trail
0: what music do you listen to when you run
1: uh well, I hope people don't judge me because of this. <laughs> but I listen to pop music. I do. I, <laughs> I, you know, whatever is the newest top hit song on the radio. Uh, mm-hmm. I. That's kind of what. I get a little kind of what I jam to when I'm running, at least it kind of gets me up and going, it gets me might have motivated, and then like old pop music as well. So like Michael Jackson, um, Man in the Mirror is like one of my favorite songs to listen to when I'm running, because it's like also inspirational for me, you know, like, yeah, gonna make a change. Um, So, you know, just songs like that. Awesome.
0: Mm -hmm. So how can people get involved with your campaign? uh well uh,
1: uh, so many ways um one is certainly go to our website fayruzid.com um i am compelled to spell it for everyone so <laughs> bear with me it's f a y r o u z s a a d like david.com and People can sign up to volunteer. We definitely take remote volunteers. That's a, there's a lot of things that can be done remotely. Um, if you don't have time to give, we will certainly take your money. I, I often say that I have 847 $1 donors. And it's because it all goes a long way on this campaign. i am I have pledged not to take any corporate campaign contributions. so this is definitely a people powered grassroots led campaign um, and every every dollar counts. And so whether you have a dollar to give or two hundred dollars to give, we will take it. Um, and so, um, that's certainly another way. And then finally, help spread the word. You know, go to our Facebook page. It's also Faerouz Saad for Congress. Twitter, Instagram, Saad for Congress. And post. Help spread the word. Tell friends and family, whether it is through social media or through an email or just talk on at the dinner table if you dare to do so. Um, <laughs> Because it does make a difference. I'm, I'll confess, I used to, when people would be like, oh, well, I'll post about you. I, I used to secretly roll my eyes and be like, oh, that doesn't go anywhere. And I was proven wrong very quickly because the number of times that I will call people or I will meet people and they will be like, oh, yeah, I heard about you or my friend posted about you or emailed me. It it all builds on top of itself and so it it makes a difference.
0: That's so cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. So one last question, yeah. what is one piece of advice that you have for a woman who might be thinking about running for office?
1: Can I give two? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can give two. Um The one is don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it or you're not prepared or you're not experienced or you're not qualified or you're aiming too high because it's just not true. And, uh, women have to be asked typically seven times before they agree to run for office. If they agree while a man doesn't even have to be asked. And so that is first and foremost right there. Um, The second thing is I would definitely encourage women to do some sort of training. I am an alumni of multiple trainings for women uh, that trains women on how to run for office, what to expect, the trials, the tribulations. I'm an alumni of Emerge America, which is a national training organization in a number of states across the country. And I also did a training while I was at the Kennedy School called um, From Harvard Square to the Oval Office. And so both of these really kind of gave me insight on what it really means to run for office and how to be a candidate.
0: That's great advice. Thanks for chatting with me. This has been a great conversation. Thank
1: you. Well, absolutely. Thank you for reaching out. Thanks for your interest. This is always a lot of fun to do this, especially when we're talking about women running for office, because really we cannot have enough women running for office. And we definitely need to really just put more women in elected office. Right now, Congress is 19% women. And so that certainly gives me insight in what's happening and why. And so we, we need to change that.
0: And that's it for today. Huge thanks to Fayrouz Saad for chatting with me. You can find out more about her and her campaign at com. And that's F A Y R O U Z S A A D.com. Of course, she's on Facebook at Fayrouz Sod for Congress, and you can find her over on Twitter at, at Sod for Congress. You can find She's Running on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at at She's Running Pod. If you like what I'm doing here, please tell a friend about the show. And I'm always looking for more women to have on the pod. So if you've got a favorite candidate, hit me up on Twitter and let me know why she's going to kick some ass in 2018. That's it for today. Thanks. Talk to you soon.